0: Welcome to An Actor Despairs. I'm your host, Ryan Perez. Ladies and gentlemen, today on An Actor Despairs, we have an incredible episode with actor Luke Thompson. You know him from Bridgerton. He plays the character Benedict, one of the Bridgerton siblings. However, he's incredible and had such an illustrious theater career and... I'm so excited that we got to start from the beginning of his career and hear about his journey and about going to university and then going to drama school and working in the theater in the UK and then landing Bridgerton all while it aired during a pandemic and having that experience and then shooting season two. Luke is the coolest guy and I'm so grateful for his time. Here it is. Luke Thompson, welcome to An actor of How are you doing, brother?
1: Really well, thanks. It's nice. Thank you for having me.
0: Oh man! it means a lot having you and and uh you know obviously we're here to talk about bridgerton season two, but i I do have to say because we just spoke about off air I mean, you guys had an incredible premiere last night how How did that feel you know
1: yeah it was uh it was extraordinary it's been such a build up as well because we didn't have anything like that the first time around. in because uh, obviously we were all in lockdown yeah, so uh we were i mean literally last last time I was in my room and occasionally. Uh, I'd be called on to Zoom and we'd have a couple of interviews uh, occasionally on TV stations and we couldn't see the audience or anything. We were just yeah. sort of on these cameras. So it was very disorientating. And obviously because it was such a runaway success, that made it even stranger because you felt like this thing was happening outside that we had no purchase on. Like there was this sort of heat around the show, which we could not, Sensory. Well, I find it, it hard. It's like lightning to striking on... in a
0: bottle. I mean, I don't think anything's exactly. blown up that big in a long time, dude. You know? I
1: know. I know. I, know. I, th- I think that, well, there are lots of, uh, you know, it's, it's always interesting to sort of think Like, what are the reasons for that, like what did they do right? And we'll say, I think the time was right probably as well. Yeah. Um, I think people really needed to escape a little bit. And um, some I positive
0: love always helps, you know? Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. But I, I, I also think that
1: people underestimate how much, um, you know, I think we sort of see the genre of romance as a little bit. And I think that's partly, there's partly a misogyny about that. I think that romance is a sort of a, a subgenre, like not a very interesting genre and actually yeah. not a genre that a lot of people have interested in. Totally. And it's not true. You know, clearly people adore it and have, have a real thirst for romance, I think. So, and as I say, particularly when the world itself is not a very easy place to be in sometimes, you know.
0: Yeah, it's funny you say that because sometimes I I always think it's fascinating to me that I feel like British romance mostly always works, but in America, it's like a celebrity and another celebrity and a really bad movie. And like most of the time it doesn't work, you know what I mean? But like with you guys, there's always a bit of history and, you know, just the accents and the Elizabethan roots. I I think it just makes it so much more alluring and intoxicating. Well, no, I, I can
1: see what you mean, but I, I would say you're being a little harsh to the Americans because I think Bridgerton is very... I think one of the things that's so refreshing about Bridgerton, actually, and one of its strengths is that it is the brainchild of an American. Like, I think... Yeah, and, I, I guess I, that... I think uh, there's something about that whole genre of the period drama, and obviously it's not just a period drama, but, you know, it, we're... Obviously, in the Brits, we're very attached to it, and we have a sort of very clear idea of what it is, and sometimes it takes a bit of American breeziness to blow away the cobwebs and, yeah. uh, you know, make us sort of see it in a slightly different light. So actually, you know, I, I, I think it, um, it benefits hugely from being American.
0: Well, you know, man, I'm, I am so thrilled to talk to you and, and for the fans, don't worry, we're going to get to Bridgerton, but you know, everything that you've done, you know, in, in, in Hamlet and, and, and Hamlin King Lear, I mean, you're, you know, I'm an actor and you're doing incredible work, man. But, I'm so curious to get to know you. So if it's cool, can we start from the beginning? Where did you grow up?
1: Of course, yeah. I I was born um, in Southampton in England, but I moved to France when I was two for my dad's job. And um, we... uh, Just outside Paris. Yeah, that's right. And um, so, you know, we were an English family, but we transposed into a completely French environment. So I went to um, a French school. You didn't go to an international
0: um, one. You went to a French no, school. No, no, I went to ah. a French
1: school. Eventually, later on, there was... It's funny because French schools, and generally, I think that I would have benefited maybe from being in an English school in the fact that um, there are more sort of extracurricular activities. I think French French school is quite academic. My experience of mm-hmm. it anyway was that it was very academic. But but actually, uh, when I uh, went to, second, I think it's secondary school, uh, it had an Anglophone section, so it was still a French school, but it had an, an English section, which then also put on plays. So wow. that was sort of my first taste of being able to sort of do a little bit of theatre. Although I did do no, I did do like a you know the odd you know drama class when I was growing up, but that's really when when I when I started you know exp- exploring doing plays a bit more. Um, did you yeah. did
0: you speak French when you were a child? Like or yeah, were you forced yeah. to learn it.
1: No yeah, yeah, yeah I mean we yeah we, we because uh the original school where we were it was just French, so everyone was french, so yeah we we were we had to learn it, and actually uh, in a strange kind of way, um I got to the point of feeling much more comfortable in French than in English because I had my parents English, yeah, but I then developed much more um confidence, i guess in French and i I, I don't know, I think it's also something about languages generally, I think you know we sort of tend to think of them as something that just you simply speak, whereas actually you characterize them, you know, you make them yours. Everyone speaks a language in a very different way and they own it in a different way. And I guess I really owned French and then had this sort of slightly more parental (laughs) version of English in my head. And actually, when I came further down the line, when I came back to England, it all switched around because then now I have, you know, Uh, a very good, you know, I I can speak French fluently and I sound French, but I don't have, because I haven't been there in a long time, I now, I feel slightly blank in French, whereas I used to feel quite blank in English. So it's sort of like done this with my, life has constantly done this like switch round and it's never quite the right (laughs) right way around. That's Um, amazing. Yeah. Um, And it's funny because I think, I don't know. I mean, I I do think that uh, my parents taking that decision does sort of trickle down into you know acting a little bit because I think um I think to have the experience of like a language accessing a different part of yourself you know yeah. just like different you know literally the fact of just using different words and uh you know just all, all sorts of things like that about a language make you a slightly different person you know that it yeah. can sort of alter your personality or maybe open up a chamber in you that you didn 't realize you had yeah if, if that yeah. makes sense, um, and so you know it 's possible that that's sort of where the the, the, the acting started to appeal maybe um, are
0: your parents artists or, or no
1: no 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 no, my mum's a teacher, my dad 's an engineer
0: wow and but do, do you feel like you know I mean obviously you grew up right outside paris you know i mean london's already got you know great arts but you know french culture in general it's a birthplace of cinema you know and so many incredible painters and museums and writers so you know were were your parents really good at kind of curating and instilling you and exposing you to the arts at a young age or
1: yeah i think i think so yeah yeah definitely i think what they were really keen on is just to give me a very very Broad base. I think that's what's really it, it's it, it's it's more to do with that, and, I, and also I think you're right. I think in in Europe, I mean, I'm speaking very generally here, but I think the, the attitude to culture is a little bit less. I think I, I, I sometimes feel, and I felt very strongly coming back here, actually, that in in, in the UK, culture has a sort of slightly um, I think sort of class. Uh, it's yeah. sort of associated with class and. Totally. And and I think that the relationship with it isn't necessarily, it can feel sort of quite, I think people are quite cynical and quite sort of sceptical about people having access to culture and what that means. And I think, um, I don't think it's it's as present in Europe. I think culture is not really seen necessarily as as sort of um, a badge of something or sort of like it, it, it is just, you know, uh, you, you are just exposed to it. And I think, uh, you know, the French, as an example, are very proud of their culture. Yeah. Um, whereas I think, I don't know, there's something about the British character that's a bit embarrassed somehow, yeah. or like a little bit, uh, you know, comp- it feels a little bit complicated uh, around those things. So no, I think I did benefit from, I think what, what my parents gave me is an uncomplicated relationship to culture in the sense that I never felt that I, there were things that I needed to like yeah. or that that there was a certain kudos in liking certain things. I just gravitated towards the things that interested me and... Uh, no matter whether they were extremely—I don't really like the word—but high culture or low culture, yeah, I, I, I sort of was able to. So that, that was a, that's a big gift, I think, and also, yeah, I, I guess they by 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 moving us over, you know, I think we were able to. Um, I don't know where I'm going with this, but I guess yeah. No, I don't know where I'm going with this. I'm going
0: to it's leave all good. it's How, how yeah. long were you there for, of your youth? 20 years. Oh, so you really grew up there? Yeah, 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 oh, wow. yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, obviously- Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, go, go on. No, no, go for it. No, no, you uh, go, you go. Uh, not getting all existential, but I'm curious, you know, because like one of the things that all actors have to deal with is A, finding their confidence and B, finding their voice. And being a British citizen, moving to France and being a child, being immersed into a French school, do you feel like in some ways having to learn the language, the dialect, the culture, you know, that was like a way of you both finding not only your voice, but also your confidence at a young age? Uh,
1: Completely. Yeah, definitely. I mean, but also in a strange kind of way, being put in an environment where you have to go towards the thing rather than, you know, in a strange kind of way, rather than finding myself, it it was, uh, my life seems to have constantly been, and this is sort of probably quite an acting thing, about going towards whatever is there uh, and, and, and sort of seeing how it changes me rather than actually sort of really trying to find something in me. And I've always been like that. I've always been more, I think, even in acting, I think I've always been more interested in acting as a sort of chemistry exercise rather than anything that any. One person is doing individually. I think, and yeah. and I do think. You know, thinking about it now, it's possible that growing up in a context where, you know, I have to go towards people because I have to learn their language, <laughs> yeah. um, maybe, 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 maybe that trickled down. It's possible. You know, it makes it certainly makes sense anyway uh, to me thinking about it now.
0: And and you know, I mean, obviously, there's so many. You know, sometimes true and sometimes not true stereotypes of. French not being so responsive to, to non-French citizens, you know, did, did you have a hard time making friends or did, did you make friends pretty quickly, you know?
1: Um, No, no, I didn't. I didn't. I don't think, I mean, I, again, I, uh, I I, I just think it's, it's more about, um, and that's funny. I remember having conversations with people later about this, which is that I think I've always been someone who's more interested in, Um, you know people talk a lot about you know what the idea of being yourself and you know the the way of sort of connecting with people is actually being yourself and finding who you who you are and I've always that's that idea has never really made much sense to me because I sort of think well different people um you know open up different sides of me so and and you know and and all the different different combinations of people open up different sides of me so I I I I guess yeah, maybe from a young age, I was always going to going to towards people, and you know, that's. I'm not saying that's necessarily a good thing. That comes with an awful lot of problems as well, no. because you can feel a little bit uncentered, you know. But actually, I think, uh, yeah, I've always been more interested in um, in how other people can make me find out things about myself that I didn't know. I think that's where my um, um, me thinking about myself happens it happens through other people which is probably again why why the acting is so uh tempting you know because it's 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 all about that it's all about how it's sort of like um understanding your it's sort of like a understanding yourself or discovering things about yourself through playing playing roles and being other people
0: well well speaking of that you know you mentioned the french school was very academic focused at what point not only just acting, but did the art start to open up to you as a pathway to acting?
1: Um, well, actually, no, it was it was uh, uh, prob- probably school plays. I think I really enjoyed school plays. Uh, Even though it was an
0: academic school, they did plays. So this was later on. So
1: when the okay. secondary school that I went to had an Anglophone section that did put on plays. So I was able for the first time to sort of do more, more of that kind of stuff. In, in um, French or English? No, 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 in English. So it was oh, okay. an English-speaking section. That's what I mean. Sorry, um, but um, yeah, so it, it, it's 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 possible. It's possible that I guess um, I'm trying to think. I think. I think what's really—I think I got to a point where I was really—I—I ex- I got a real buzz from being on stage, and I got a real buzz from being uh, an actor, and that—that's an interesting but po- always interesting point, I think, always because then it can feel like—and um, it really did for me—feel like acting was the the thing, as in like it was the thing that I was going to do, and it was going to solve everything, whatever that yeah. means. And I really sort of like got completely taken up by it, and. And actually part of the next part of the struggle actually is to sort of realize that, you know, so I I started auditioning for drama schools and I applied twice and didn't get in. uh, To
0: to European ones or to British ones?
1: To British ones. Um, And I I know that partly it's because I was sort of desperate to get in and I was desperate to act. And I think what, uh, I mean, I think it's to do with, Timing, but I think what people probably can sense is when someone's maybe um, not, uh, um, maybe I don't, I don't know, it's not necessarily about they they keep, they keep talking to you about life experiences. So like, oh God, what is that? I just want to act, uh, you know. But 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 I think there is an element of truth of that. I think it's just you 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 sort of have to realize. Oh, for me, it was about realizing that acting is only ever a medium. It's not yeah. really a thing in itself. Uh, well I mean and and I I think that's a very personal take like I'm sure that some people do think it is you know a creative thing in itself to me it's more you're a medium you're letting things flow through you and for to in order to be um interesting to watch or to have something to bring you sort of have to broaden your horizon and you know broaden your life horizon in order to be a sort of it resonant instrument, you know. Yeah. I, I sort of see it more in those terms than actually something that's creative, j- creative with a capital C, in the way that, say, for example, um, I don't know, writing a play or painting a picture is. I think I think it's more sort of interpretative, interpretive, interpretive. Don't know yeah. which one of those. Um, and so, uh, you know, the classic thing happened, which is that I auditioned twice, didn't get in. Uh, Are we talking Rada, Lambdas?
0: For, for, yes. For, yeah. That's okay. right. I, I, did, okay. I
1: did quite a few the first time around, a, a few less the second time around, but, and then didn't get in again. But I did get into Bristol University.
0: The Bristol and,
1: Vic? Uh, no. So there's a university at oh, Bristol as you. well as the drama school, Bristol Vic. So this was, okay. no, this was Bristol University to study English and drama. And I decided to go ahead and I, I, I didn't really want to. Uh, yeah, it was. A, I guess it was a, a, to start with a little bit of a plan B because I, I wanted to go to drama school. But in the end, it was the best thing to happen. Of course it was because I got a lot more, um, for want of a better word, of what I think they refer to as life experience, which is simply just yeah. living a bit longer and just oh. having just a bit more uh, behind you. And then also... Uh, i I really, you know, there, there's so much in, in British universities is such a huge drama scene. So I think I, I did probably in the space of three years, about 15, 16 plays.
0: Oh, wow. And you, so it was you like know, a, you know, a drama school experience in a lot of ways. Well, you can, yeah. It's all extracurricular, yeah. but you yeah. can do it.
1: And you're you're on your own. You know, you're being directed by other students. You're, you know, it's not sort of, um, it, you're, you're not being taught anything. It's something that students just do together. And so um, I think... As I carried on doing that more and more, I got to the point at the end of Bristol where I thought, "Well, whether or not I get into drama school, I don't really care. This is this is what I want to do. This this makes sense to me, and it, it feels like a meaningful job to me to sort of like um, base my life around." And so, I uh, t- typically probably a bit typically, I then auditioned a third time, thinking, "Oh well, I'll try anyway."
0: With and I got three in three years of a gap between with three years September. of a
1: gap, yeah yeah, 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 yeah. And and I got into RADA, so
0: um, that's but, amazing, you know, so it wasn't a,
1: it wasn't an easy process, and I think it was it was really a process of trying to. Oh, it's just that irony, isn't it? That like you, it, it's that thing where you you um, you have to let go of the thing you want, and yeah. then it will come to you. You know, that's, yeah. Of if you
0: love it, set it thing. free, and it, if it's meant to, yeah. be,
1: yeah. yeah exactly exactly yeah. and I, but but i think it but I think it was more to do with the fact that I think uh, it's so ad- it, uh, acting such an addictive thing for a for for a kid particularly if you feel like slightly um uh, you know it sort of responds to something psychologically that's happening inside yeah. of you that really that really resonates with you you can sort of really seize on it as like a, a a thing you know I just want to do this, and actually for uh, part me as I say, the lesson has been to realize that uh, you're only ever as interesting as, as an actor, as you're like, you're only as broad as the your life, life
0: experience. You know? Yeah. Yeah. what well, yeah. you have it to pull from. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. And, and, and I'm curious, you know, because you did so many plays and earlier, you know, when you saw the dream for yourself, was it, you know, were you, were you okay with theater and, and doing plays in the West end or, you know, was there, you know, growing up in France, was there, you know, cinema and film and and TV ambition?
1: I think I was always from a very, uh, I think round about uh, uh, when I started looking at drama schools, i started slowly looking at Shakespeare speeches. And and I I really did, and again, referring back to what I uh, said earlier, I think I always feel a bit icky saying, oh, I'm really passionate about Shakespeare because I think it's, it can feel like such a sort of, uh and maybe obvious or, or like you know it, or it's sort of it's like an obvious thing to say or it's maybe sort of like some someone's just saying it to sort of i don't know feel um um feel cultural yeah I, yeah i get it you know yeah. it's it's,
0: it's but, the, you're but not I mean, pretentious
1: man it's cool you know it's, <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah. but, I, but i think it's 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 difficult because i think it it really is just that it 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 i love it it i it makes um yeah, it makes the hairs on the back of my neck stand up on end, I and mean, it always has done. And um, I, yeah, I definitely went into uh, looking at theatre, you know, wanting to start in theatre. Definitely, I, I, I was. I think screen can just feel quite far away yeah. um, because it's so much. More, it's such a different world, world somehow. I think theatre is obviously more accessible. Uh, it feels certainly more accessible and, and 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 closer. But I do also think that you know. I, I was, I was so taken by all those big, um, you know, uh, older, I don't really like the word classical, but older plays, mm. um, really spoke to me. And I really, and that's not to say that I understood every single subtlety about them. I just fell in love, you know, it's, it's love's a bit more stranger than that, isn't it? Like, it's not that you, you just absolutely understand everything about them. It's just that they take you somewhere, and they they just they just do something to you, and you can't really e- explain it beyond that. They're, it's just you know Shakespearean poetry rings around in you. It just doesn't. That's it's not it's not any more complicated than that. And, really, and I don't think.
0: Because you brought it up, I'm so curious. Because like one of the things, particularly us American actors, struggle with the most when it comes to Shakespeare is the iambic. And having gone mm. to a university. And not, as you said, had like, you know, teachers that are, you know, been teaching actors forever. You had, you know, fellow students doing it and learning it together. Do you feel like you had a good idea and understanding of of iambic pentameter and, and working within that, you know? Well, I think the thing that's interesting about that is that, so yes, I think up to a point that
1: kind of academic knowledge can be useful. But I also think that the iron Imb- pentameter, for me anyway, is, is just the closest poetic way of imitating natural speech. Yeah. There's, 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 nothing, there's nothing particularly technical
0: It's not a clinical it. practice. I, 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 it's
1: never been for me, no. And actually, I think a lot of uh, doing Shakespeare for me has been about, it's almost like if you read a bit you get an allergic reaction to it. And a lot of the work is about getting rid of the allergic reaction. So you'll start doing strange things with your voice. You'll start emphasizing words, or you'll start, start sort of thinking you need to do more here or do less here. And yeah. so much of it is about trying to sort of think of it as just like any other text. And I do think it is. And I, I, I think the, the, the writing is sufficiently rhythmic that it will do it. It's, it will fall into, if you mm. understand what you're saying, it right. will fall into place. You know, the rhythm will fall into place itself. The rhythm is the sense, and the sense is the rhythm. There's no, you, you don't have, you don't have to access the rhythm in order to get the sense. They're, they're no, I appreciate you saying so, that. Yeah. You know, I, I, I just think people again. There's a sort of tension. It, it's, it's, it's interesting, it's quite complex. I think here in, um, in in the UK, because I think there's a great relationship with Shakespeare. Because I think, obviously, he's from here, and I think. He taps into he something is? that really resonates.
0: <laughs> really I thought he was great. The- <laughs> 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 Who knows?
1: Whoever he was. Yeah. Um, but you know, I think obviously he resonates. But there is a sort of cultural weight and tension around him, which makes him very sort of. Um, I think people get very misty-eyed and a bit nostalgic and a bit tearful about him. And I think you know, particularly you have like a lot of older actors or older the teachers yeah. who sort of see it, you know, it's almost discussed Shakespeare. It's like, it's like the Bible. Um, I've heard at the Globe,
0: people literally have the book and are like watching people go for the, through the lines and, you know, yeah.
1: And, yeah. I, I, and I just sort of think that it sort of doesn't really, I don't, that doesn't really make sense to me because I think it doesn't really. Me either. Really, Thank you for saying oh no, that. What, what a, <laughs> what, well, but I think, but it's because I, what a genius is is not that a genius isn't someone who like write everything they write is absolutely brilliant. Like Shakespeare wrote some dreadful scenes, some very long, terrible plays. Occasionally, yeah. um you know, he, he, he but and occasionally, fitfully, he's completely transcendental. And if he's on a roll, he'll write three or four scenes that you sort of think, oh wow, this is extraordinary. But you know, geniuses write crap. Of course they do. You know, and so actually, I think if. If if we I, I think if we shed that sort of nostalgia which we do nostalgia and sort of slight, I think it's a Victorian thing that we've held onto this idea that they're sacred plays and that you can't touch them uh, whereas actually of course you should cut them of course you should cut and paste them because yeah. they were as you know they, they they were they were fluid pieces there's not a definite version of each of those plays they're you know they're, they're they were all redacted by a group of actors I mean who knows what the original authentic version of it was you You just don't know so i think if if we had a little bit more of a relaxed attitude to it and I, and so you know to answer your question i think actually the you know the i am dick stuff and just generally the, the that that sort of attitude is a is a can be a bit of an obstacle and it's it can be a bit of an obstacle to overcome and actually i think a lot of uh people who aren't english including americans by I I, especially friends, us
0: i feel like you know we we're so scared of it you know
1: but, yeah, but the irony is, is that I think you probably have more of an easy access to it because there's not that cultural, oh, God, I yeah. need to do this. There's not that sort of – you know, I think – Expectation people, or – Yeah, yeah. In yeah, the same way yeah. that I think – I've worked with – I remember when I did Hamlet with Andrew Scott, he – And I'm King right Lear as well,
0: right? You did uh, – That's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. Um, but Andrew Scott, does, I don't think, trained. But as a result, he had a complete – you know, he just didn't care – he had a complete freedom with the language. And he it was he had an uncomplicated relationship to it. Whereas actually I think sometimes if you can go through drama school and it's no fault of the school itself, it's just that, you know, it gives you the tools that it has. Um, but you can leave drum school sort of thinking, oh, right, I need to I need to be doing the iambic and I need to be hitting this word and I need yeah. to hit all my consonants. And and it's it's just I just don't think it's true. And I don't think it's even I think it's nostalgia it's incorrect nostalgia. I don't think that's yeah. even what it was like. I think it was much more rough and ready and I think Shakespeare is a much more rough and ready writer, much chattier writer actually, I think than a lot of people take him for. I think uh, particularly over here we we're, we're given, you know, often Shakespeare plays when you go and see one they can be quite boring because yeah. um because they're it's, so clinical it's very there's no
0: emotion, you know. That's yeah. and I, I I I'm so curious, you know, like having applied to drama schools, not getting in, you know, like every actor goes through that and then coming back, getting in, how was the experience? Because, you know, for those listening, the Royal Academy of Dramatic Art is the equivalent of our Yale and our Juilliard, or I went to NYU and it's such an incredible opportunity. Talk to me about, it's like you and, and anywhere from 12 to 18 students, right?
1: Uh, we were, there was, there was 28 of us actually, 28 okay, so in the year. Bit, big,
0: bigger yeah. group, but how was yeah. that experience?
1: Because you, yeah, I mean, two years or three-year program? It's a three-year program. It's a three-year okay. program, but the third year is sort of a showcase. So the, the, right. the advantage, the huge advantage of going to drama school is I don't think drama school is like a, a necessary stage in being an actor, but I think where it's very useful is that the, certainly, is that not only does it give you a lot of tools, but when it comes to the third year, they do a big showcase. So you have like this sort of energy behind you and they can launch you a little bit so that you can get an agent, et cetera, et cetera. But no, I mean, but the, the training I thought was really, I loved it. I loved it. It's, it's very interesting. I think again, you sort of have to, uh, the, 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 danger of it, I think is that, um, you can sort of tend to, there's sort of maybe an innate paradox in teaching people how to act, right? Yeah. Because acting's just expression. It's personal expression. So, Yes, there are things you can learn and things you can work on in terms of voice, and movement, and all of that. But actually, I think the danger sometimes is that I felt like I sometimes, and it's, this is my uh, reaction to it rather than what was being taught me, um, I felt like I got a, a bit obsessed with the idea of doing good acting and being a good student. And Which trauma school in always a feel like makes, a, yeah.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. And, and 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 it's sort of silly because um, I, I, I look back. You know, if I if I had something to say to myself when I was at drama school, I would have said just relax a bit with what I know now, and also just don't forget that fundamentally, it's just about expression. It's just about how to ex- to express yourself, and so yeah. it's much more about yourself uh, than it is about uh, you know doing the right things in order to be. Uh, you know, uh, um, a competent, uh, you know, good students, and, and 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 I think so. That, that, that there's that slight tension, but the but the advantage of it is that you get advan- you you get exposed to all sorts of stuff. So you get exposed to Greek plays, you get exposed to Restoration plays, Shakespeare, modern stuff, improvisation. You know, you you get the lot. So that's hugely valuable. But I think sometimes the the lessons don't the pennies don't actually drop until much later on. And you, you look know,
0: back and you are like, feel, "What an ex- yeah!" I, I'm I going yeah. through that now. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Well, because, because I sort of think you can leave drama school and feel a little bit like you've lost, um, you've lost yourself because you sort of suddenly become very self conscious about something. That yeah. you know, I remember at uni uh, doing uh, Romeo and Juliet in a cathedral uh, and playing Romeo, and um, you know a friend of mine was directing and we were all working on it together, but it didn't feel like, you know, there wasn't sort of like a a teacher in the room or anything. And, you know, I felt so free and I felt so, um, it just, I I just found it so easy. And then you, you feel like kind of going through drama school after a while, you can sort of lose that spontaneity and that sense of,
0: because you can't fail, you know?
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So it, it then takes a while, I think to get that back, but it does come back. It's just that it's. That, I think that's why it's it's such a complex experience, drama school, and it's also complex. I think because it's you know it can feel a bit competitive. Um, you're you you're, you're with 28 people who want to do you know the, the same, same job. although it's not necessarily yeah. the same job, but that that's that can feel that can feel difficult. You know, we had a very nice and close year, but I think still it, it it's yeah it's it's a tricky balance. So yeah, I've really enjoyed it and I learned. Loads, and I'm also extremely grateful to it because it, you know, going back to my um, sort of Shakespeare obsession, one of my um, dreams really was to perform on the Globe stage. Wow. Um, and um, and I do think that you know, rather um, that through the showcase, I think actually I'm trying to think how that happened. I think it might even been that the Globe. Went to Rudder, you know, sent a sort of casting note yeah. to radar in the third year, asking if there was anyone who would want to audition for uh, Lysander. I think I, I mean I, I have a vague memory of this, but I think that's sort of how it happened. And uh, you know, I did the audition and, and and got it. So my first job was um, was at the Globe doing, um, the doing doing that doing that play. Yeah, yeah, wow. it was in, it was incredible, and I I. I <laughs> it's amazing, isn't it, how quickly you get used to things? Because I mean, now if I get yeah. a job, I'm really delighted. Of course, I am, but I'm a little bit more um distance from it. Or, I don't know. Yeah. I, I, you know, but the first one, it's I just electric. remember the first one. Yeah, it's just electric, and and and, and the fact that also it was at the theatre that I dreamt, desperately dreamt of working at, doing a play that you know, I, it's only a playwright that I was particularly excited about. So yeah, there was no 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 feeling like it, and. um and it's an incredible you know I, it's it's an incredible um space it's a very complex space the globe i think um yeah. and it's actually a really good place to learn a bit more um actually because it's um it's it's got a strange paradox because it it, it makes you do all sorts of things that maybe you shouldn't do as an actor in terms of uh, enjoying yourself a little bit too much and shouting yeah, a lot I- whereas <laughs> whereas actually Inherently, it's a very delicate space. It's made of wood. So you can actually be very, very quiet on the globe. And, and actually, to be honest, because it's out in the open air and so there's lots of distractions, you have to be very focused and really make it very clear at each given moment where you want the audience to look and what you want the audience to think. Um, and so, uh, yeah, it's a, it's, again, it's a funny sort of complex battle there because you're and and also because you're the audience are so part of it yeah. which again is makes you uh, i think that's something about the project of the globe that's so interesting which is you know getting back to that original set setup makes you understand that a lot of those plays you know the, the logic of how a lot of those plays are performed and that it was you know with um uh, you know that it's sort of much more of a the audience are much more uh, active and participating than when you're sat in a dark theatre, you know, just leaning back and just letting the play come to you. Like, the, you know, when, you, when the audience is lit, literally lit, they're coming towards you um, and they have right. to sort of be part of it just as much as, um, you know, I mean, I, I feel like you, only, you can only ever really understand what, what, what happens with uh, Shakespeare soliloquy if you, if you try it in that context of the globe where you're just simply talking yeah. to a group of people you know, the, the number of times you do a drama school speech and you're doing a soliloquy and you're having to do it to a wall or, you know, I mean, yeah, yeah. And it doesn't that, make sense. And it just makes, so there's something about the structure of the building that makes so much sense and sheds so much light on how the plays operate. But, there's the temptation of it becoming a little bit uh, pantomimic because the the audience is intoxicated because they're so part of it.
0: So alluring. But
1: you can easily, yeah, like night after night after night, you get a little bit more tense. Temp- so it's, it's, it's like a bit, it's such a balance. You have to constantly check yourself, I think, in a space like that to try and sort of stay true and stay, you know, on the play and don't let the audience take over the play. Right. Which is really, really, uh, yeah, it's a difficult one.
0: I feel like you and I could do... 15 hours on this, but, you know, because I know you have <laughs> limited time, you have to come back because you and I could go for so long. I do want to talk about, you know, you getting rep and, and moving into the film and TV world and, you know, ultimately we'll get to Bridgerton. So talk to me, of like, course. doing, yeah. doing that globe gig, uh, did that, you know, cause I know you had a showcase at RADA, but did that, I, I can't, I imagine anyone who was anyone came and saw that. And did that get you a rep or talk to me about how that um, happened?
1: So no, I actually got rep before that. So the showcase oh, wow. at RADA, um, before this happened, the showcase at RADA, um, which was another set of plays, uh, you know, agents come to those showcases and I yeah. signed at the end of, I think, in the middle of the third year. So I had an agent by that point. Um, and no, I mean, I carried on for quite a long time in theatre. But then... Yeah. Uh, you know,
0: he's doing things Hamlet things. and King Lear and, you know, that's right. Yeah
1: yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, And, you know, and, 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 and sort of still looking at those, uh, you know, still looking at those plays, but maybe with a different light. I worked a lot with a director called Rob, Robert Ike, who, um, is, uh, sort of all quite different to the globe approach really in the sense that it for him, it's all about, he talks about it, like, um, taking like, um, getting the right adapter you know there's like when you go on holiday yeah. you have to use an adapter to get the plug to oh get i love that electricity to yeah. and i think for him he's sort of like well the plays are the plays and we have to find a way to sort of get the electricity to we have to find the adapter in order to get the original electricity to flow through it and that, actually a lot of the stuff that makes them old plays so you know even elizabethan costume elizabethan everything just distances them in a way that's maybe not useful. So, you know, I carried on sort of on, on that journey, but uh, alongside all of that, I did start doing uh, occasional, occasionally tapes for, yeah. for, 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 for film stuff and screen stuff.
0: And what time, yeah. are we, like what era, are we talking like 2015 here or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah.
1: And you know, I mean, God, you, you know, you, you, do, you do so many tapes and you hear nothing. You know, it's you do like, 99 you know,
0: 892 before you get one, you know? Yeah.
1: yeah. It's, and it's, and it's a mysterious process because I think you can start thinking, oh, what's the point? You know, what? people? You know, the, no the, feedback. I bet, I bet they're not even, yeah, I bet, I yeah. bet people aren't even just, you know, or watching. Um, And, but, but, but also I think, uh, I mean, I think about it also, uh, even in terms of auditioning for drama school, I think, the, the setup is so strange. The setup of doing a tape is so strange. It just takes getting used to it. Do they prepare you, know, you I, for I, that
0: n- nowadays in, at there's RADA? There's a little or? bit. There's yeah. a
1: little bit. I mean, it's funny. We were just on the cusp, I think, at RADA, because there now there's been such an explosion. In
0: because they were still in person um, right before the pandemic. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, there, yeah, was yeah. Yeah, yeah. A, yeah, yeah that's... But, but, not, but not
1: only that, I think, like, you know, TV, you know, the big TV explosion that we've all experienced in terms of, like, the abundance of screens suddenly hadn't quite happened by then. So I think, and also, you know, RADA was a bit more traditional. RADA was more sort of at that stage was more, now it's changed. I think now they they can see that, you know, there shouldn't be this big barrier between screen actors and theatre actors and people who want to be able to do both. And so, um, you know, they should be able to learn the skills for that. But I I do think actually one of the things that I missed maybe at drama school is like really a lot of time on tapes because a lot of it is just habit. You know, just I, I I think a lot of the struggle for me was trying to find a way of making friends with the process of, of doing a tape uh, because I hated it. I hated it. It took me six hours to do it. I hated uh, piling loads of books in my room, worrying about getting the right lighting, oh. forgetting my lines again and again. Um, not being given any information about the the, yeah. the show and so not really and, and, and if something that I really liked came, came through like doing take and take and take after take and a lot of the process for me again sort of going back to what I was saying earlier maybe was about trying to just enjoy it for what it is as in just enjoy it as a find a way of making it creative for yourself and also a way of just letting go of it you know yeah. I, I think I can't remember who said that, but I've heard someone say recently the idea that, you know, if if it's right for you, it won't pass you by, you know. And I think simultaneously, if it does pass you by, it wasn't right for you. And, And that doesn't mean that you're crap, it just means that you are not the person they're looking for. Yeah. And it's as simple as that. And it and I, and I think it's a hard thing to accept though, you know, it really, oh, it's really yeah. hard, really hard. Uh, I mean, I, I, and I, I'm, I still, I still can't do it fully. You know, I go through phases. I go through phases where I really am on a roll and I, I, I enjoy doing tapes and I do a tape and then, and it's, it's still, it's still quite uncomfortable a lot of the time. Was it's not particularly a tape? Comfortable to do. Uh, yes. Dunkirk was a tape. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but so, and simultaneously, I think my, so even generally, sorry, my relationship with screen was similar in the sense that a lot of it has been just about, um, accepting and including a camera in your way of acting and thinking. Cause I think, um, I was just so terrified of cameras <laughs> and actually even, you know, going on to Bridgerton, I, I think, um, you know, it's only now after Bridgerton.
0: Sorry, I don't mean interrupt. Was that your first no, no. long long form TV experience? Yes, yes, of okay. scale.
1: Yes, definitely. Yeah. Um, but but you know, it's taken me till at least season two to really. I just about got to a point now where I feel quite relaxed in front of the camera.
0: And so, and, and then again, I, what I'm saying about that is, that I, think- I would never guess that from your. your I mean, your. your <laughs> Because your character's also just so cool and relaxed, you know, it's, 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 it's there's some other yeah. tightly wound characters, you know, and it, it's funny that it goes to show you how good you are. Well, but, actually, no, but it's, it, what is true about that
1: is that I think that Benedict was really helpful to me in that sense because he's so relaxed. So it was perfect to sort of use that as an excuse to try and sort of-
0: I have know, to be relaxed, relax. I have to be um, relaxed. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, so, fan its so Interrupt just for a second. Oh, can yeah. I put a light on.
0: It's just Please, the light yeah, is getting yeah, really, yeah, really, yeah, really yeah, down. Yeah, yeah. And I just need to. I, would, I was like, <laughs> we're going for a brooding mood. I, I like it. <laughs> <laughs> Let me get
1: back. There we go. That's better. Then I can see. I'm you sure.
0: <laughs> Seventeen million more girls have tuned in now that the light is on. <laughs> 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 so, so the fans don't kill me. Can we talk about how it, this whole thing came your way first? Of course, yeah, yeah. 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 Well, so, so you, you I, had worked, you did all these amazing plays. You did Dunkirk, and you had some other, you know, wonderful credits. How did this job, or how did this audition, come your way? So
1: I got a tape through, uh, and it was two scenes. We got no, con- it was, you know very little context and very none of the rest of the script, and they were just didn't two, tell you uh, what it
0: was for. One of those auditions.
1: Um, or- no, oh, there was a little bit, there was a little bit of, you know, they said that it was based on Julia Quinn's books and, you know, there was a bit of context, but not much. And just the two scenes, you know, they're two pages long uh, and they were the the scenes on the swing with my sister that, the, yeah. the, 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 that are in the first season. And I loved them actually. Like I sort of thought what I, what I loved about them was um, kind of that, how, although it was absolutely had like that Regency feel it was also, it also really sounded on the page like a modern brother and sister just sitting on a swing having a cigarette. And I thought, oh, that's really exciting. To me, I find that really exciting because it sort of taps into sort of what I've been talking about, which is, you know, the past isn't that different. We sort of yeah. demystify the past a little bit and sort of rather than think of it, thinking of it as this sort of nostalgic uh, formal um, place that we don't really understand. Actually, obviously, people were quite similar to us. And I think Bridgerton is uh, able to sort of... And, you know, obviously, even though it's slightly uh, reimagined uh, uh, history, it does allow us to sort of bring those two periods closer together. So I, I, I loved it. I loved those two scenes. So I sent them over... It was uh, self tape, not, not in yeah, person. Self-tape. Wow. No, no, self tape. Yeah. And I didn't hear
0: anything. I'm curious, uh, did you for... did you Elizabethan outfit or no?
1: No, no. I wore, wow. I wore a shirt.
0: <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I mean, nobody ever knows what to do when it's a period piece. Do you go for yeah. it or do I wear my no. marine shirt? Who
1: cares? <laughs> <laughs> well, I try, no, I try yeah, yeah. I tell you what, no, I did try and find a slightly flow uh, I think what I find useful with take sort of like suggestions are useful so you know I Got think it. I use like I just slightly more flowing just slightly you know slightly looser shirt that could suggest something and
0: was it made. always for Benedict for you or was it a broad yeah oh okay yeah yeah so okay.
1: yeah, no, those were the two Benedict scenes but then uh, uh, three weeks later I was called into uh, the casting office but again didn't meet anyone else just you know the the, the, the casting team uh, and and Uh, He made me read for Anthony, uh, who's another part, and then again didn't hear for four weeks, so I I think completely forgot about it. I sort of thought, okay, right, move on to the next, and then I just got a phone call from my agent saying um, they they they, they'd like to offer you Benedict, and it was I mean actually funny enough I think that was one of those moments where, and it's funny that it's so it's so frustrating I guess that you almost need a victory like that to then understand, to then relax into doing tapes. Because what I realized... But believe that, it
0: can happen, you know? Like, as yeah. you said, that as things pass you by, it came to you and it was meant for you, you know? Exactly, exactly. And 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 actually, that
1: the process of it as well. The fact that it wasn't like, you know, because I generally thought because of the scale of the project, I was imagining, okay, well, there'll be six, seven rounds here. And the fact that they just saw the tape of me reading that particular character and picked me didn't make me think, Oh well, I must have done an extraordinary take. I just th- I just sort of thought, well, I must just have been right, and yeah. and that's sort of partly in my control and partly out of my control. Like, there's nothing, you know. It's it's I, you know, I didn't do anything partic- uh, What I felt was particularly whatever, even that might mean, like particularly the amazing. most divine Actually, it was a very, performance yeah, of your life. Yeah, no, yeah. you know. But I think you know, and I, and you know, and, and the stars sort of align a bit. You know, I I know now probably that I think. Jonathan Bailey had been cast, and I think I could As plausibly, Andy, right? yeah, yes, yeah. yeah. And yeah. I, so I, you know, I can imagine I maybe plausibly would resemble, you know, could could be a brother of his, you know, or even I. They, they'll they'll have there are all sorts of things that are just totally beyond my control. Yeah, that meant that they just saw it, and I think they were just like, yeah, that's exactly what we're looking for. And there's and nothing there was no chemistry more to it than that.
0: with the family no. or wow. no, which is
1: really which is really I extraordinary. That. I think, yeah.
0: No, I mean, but but that
1: is really impressive cast. Uh, it says a lot about the casting team, I think. Because one of the things that one of the things that is very striking, I think, in Bridgerton, is uh, when when we're on set. I feel is that um, I mean, I, I'm not sure if, you, you know, who knows if it's the right or the wrong chemistry. But there there is chemistry. There is chemistry between us. It's undeniable,
0: yeah. I think, and like we feel it even when we're just working You were, you very much. I believe you guys as a family. You know.
1: Yeah, but but and, and you know, and I'm I'm sure that's also partly the writing. I think writing really draws the family extremely like but r- it really takes draws. Actors to rise the writing, as well. You know? Totally, totally, yeah. totally, definitely. Um but yeah, so that's sort of how how it came about. Um, but it was so
0: um, was it this so pre pandemic or, or, or yes, pre pandemic. Okay, okay. Pre-pandemic. So you filmed before the thing the world shut down? Literally, we finished
1: a shooting in February,
0: 2020.
1: So, uh, we finished. Yeah. And then everything stopped. I, you know, we, we had, I mean, I felt so lucky in a way because obviously at that stage, obviously all the theaters closed. So if I hadn't had Bridgerton, I'm not really sure. I would have certainly had a moment of thinking. Hang on, mate. What am I going to do for work and for a living here? Because you it's, start a yeah, podcast like me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> exactly. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. No,
1: right It's true. You know. I mean, I sort yeah. of think I, I'm going to have to rethink this a little bit because, um, but actually, because I had t- t- the fact that I had Bridgerton, and also that I knew that whenever things would sort of fall into place, which you know we didn't know at that stage when that would be, I knew that season two hopefully was waiting around the corner we didn't know that it was going to be the success it was going to be, but, you know, they were already thinking about season two. So, you know, I just felt so, so lucky. I I really felt like I, I, I slipped under, uh, you know, this closing gate. (laughs) That's what it felt like genuinely (laughs) in In terms of being able to carry on uh, in a career in acting, I think.
0: I, I'm curious, and I apologize for interrupting you, because obviously I know you did Dunkirk and you had huge major set experience, but when you get to here and you have all these people that you have to sort of actively really build these relationships with so you can feel comfortable as as a scene partner, as a friend, as a comrade, you know, and you're, you're working in this intimate environment and, you know, like a lot of times, you know, I don't think people understand how much of a show or a movie comes together in the edit, you know? So while you were Mm. filming, were you, did you see what it was becoming? Like, were you aware of like, this is a good, not only a good thing, but I I see what this is going to be.
1: No, I think, I think, I think we, we were all inspired by, the producers' confidence. They had a sort of eerie confidence about it uh, that I was like, I must know what they're doing. And, I you mean, know, obviously yeah. they have such a great pedigree, that. but, you know, I sort of thought was she there involved? was something about the way... Yeah. Um, so, so the showrunner's Chris Van Dusen, yeah. who, who's worked with her a lot, um, but it's her company. And I think she, you yeah, know, she, she has a note. She over, certainly oversees it, I think. Got it. Um, but she wasn't on but, set um, being like,
0: you know... No. Move, no, move no, that. No, no. here. Got it. Okay. Got it. No,
1: no. But uh, but um, but yeah, I, I, I'm I trying to think how it all... I think there was a sort of sense that we were in very good hands. But beyond that, no, I think because is such a distinctive cocktail of things, you know, the fact that it's a little bit of a period drama, but it's also based on romance novels, and it's also being self-consciously modern and, and you know, doing something else... Yeah, yeah, there's so many things going on that, yeah, it was, we sort of, I, I, I didn't know. Because I think until you knew what the, what the Bridgerton universe was going to look like. Right. You sort of thought, oh God, how is this all going to fit together as a coherent whole? And I think the, the most amazing thing about watching series one when I watched it was, you know, getting that shot of, um, of Anthony and Daphne arriving at the ball. And yeah. sort of going through, going through suit- suitors like they were on Tinder, sort of like no, not him, <laughs> not him, not him. I never even With thought life.
0: about that analogy, but yeah. it's so true, you know. <laughs> Whilst
1: yeah. there's like Ariana Grande playing on the string quartet in the background, I thought this is this is really special, and like, this is this, there's never been anything quite like yeah,
0: this. Contemporary and, and sort of like the real yeah,
1: contemporary period, yeah, yeah, exactly. So in that sense, no, I I didn't know, and I think uh, to, to go back to your original question, I think. Uh, part of the uh, struggle, I think, with screen and even more than with theatre, I think is you have even less control. Like I, 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 I think um, you have to trust the edit, and I think trusting the edit is the biggest struggle to sort of wrap your head around if you're an actor. I think on screen for me it has been anyway because you sort of have to, you know, you, uh, people are looking after how you look. They're looking after your makeup. They're looking after your hair. They're looking. They're placing you know, they're essentially sort of placing you in the scene. Uh, Sometimes, you know, they're very particular marks you have to hit. So it's extremely technical. And so part of the challenge, I think on screen for me has been, how do you abdicate control of a lot of things and still manage to hold on to this thing you're doing and not completely give up and say, right, I'm just, I'll I'll just be a puppet. Just put me wherever, you know, and that's the sort of, it's such a weird, it's such a weird balance to strike. And, um, and and yeah, I mean, it, it, it's 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 something I'm still working on. You know, I, I think you sort of I, one of the most magical things actually is, is is about. I remember doing a scene. um, I think it was the duel in in season one. Well, okay. And again, that was very early on. And I did. I I felt. You know, I was still having a very sort of jittery actor moment. So thinking, oh, it's not right, and I'm not doing it right, and I'm not doing this, and it's not full enough, and it doesn't feel emotional enough, or whatever. You know, those sort of things that can float around in your head. And then I watched the final edit, and it was such a simple thing. They, because it was morning, they put this sort of um, gradient on the lights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sort of like just slightly, like it felt like early morning, and it made our faces just look a bit more drawn. And and so the scene was great. Do you know what I mean? Like suddenly, and because you don't know that you're just doing your little corner, but actually you don't realise that that's such a small part of the final effect, and actually there's so many other much quicker ways of telling a story than anything that an actor can do. Like the actor, you sort of have to be very surgical and just, I just need to focus on this moment and all the other stuff is sort of going to happen in the edit and in the lighting and in everything else. And you have to, it's, it's about trusting that you don't have to do more than you have to do, that you don't have to explain more than you have to do, or that you don't have to be, you don't have to you know, I mean, I think one of the things I uh, a lot of people can struggle with on screen is the out of sequence thing. For example, the fact that you're oh. jumping around the timeline, and you can sort of think, oh, but, hey, but if i yeah, 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 I, you know, and you can sort of think, "Oh, how I must, I must bring, mm. uh, you know, the scene before into the scene right. now," and so I need to sort, I need to do the tying up, yeah. and you don't because actually when the audience watches it, I know it sounds like an obvious thing to say, but they're telling themselves the story. They'll watch it in sequence. So you don't yeah. need to explain that. You just need to, it's almost like you're you're just, I, I generally often think of it like, it's like, um, I, I feel like uh, screen is like cubist theater. It's like theater, but just completely deconstructed and taken to totally. pieces. And you just have to look at these little sections. Micro and moments.
0: Just, and, yeah. And yeah. then they all come together. Yeah.
1: mean, In a way that you, but, but I think, a, lot, a long career in theatre can encourage you because I think in theatre there's a bit more of a sense of guiding the arc of the story because you're going through it every night That you, saw, and, I, you know, and that's not necessarily what you should be doing in theatre but it's more tempting because you can you have a yeah. bit more control about how it all goes I think and that's why it's such a great um, they're such great interchangeable skills like one of my one of the things I'm so excited about doing eventually would be to come back to theatre now having done yeah, a lot of God. screen because I actually think I'll, I feel like I've learned a lot about acting generally from. I think it, it's quite a, a screen is quite a humbling experience for an actor, I think, because you realize how little you control and how little you actually need to control. And, and um, sometimes how little work. you
0: work in a day, you know, you're in, in, you show up on set and you work two out of 12 hours, you know? Yeah,
1: yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. And I. I, I think uh, I'm, yeah, I can't wait. And, and, you know, and also just trusting that you don't have to show everything that you can, you know, that the camera's right up here. And so you, 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 you can trust that by just thinking things, they'll appear or trust that you don't have to have an idea or an interpretation necessarily, that that's not necessarily needed, but actually you can put yourself a little bit more in the hands of the people around you and, and the people who are going to build the actual viewing experience, which is, as you say, happening in the editing. It's got nothing yeah. to do, you know, it's got actually very little to do with the actors in some strange way.
0: And and so you shoot this thing, the world shuts down, you know, you, you have obvious hope in it because nothing's going on acting or in theater, anything wise. And almost about a year, this thing comes out and it's within, I mean, one could say almost hours the biggest show in the world how do you Luke process that because like that is something most actors never get to experience
1: um, i i don't i mean well the first thing is that it was doubly strange for me because although I, I occasionally look i 'm not on social media, but actually the the reaction was mostly online, and that you, yeah, that, that was terrible obviously you could know you could sort of feel that a little bit and i I mean to be honest. It's only just hitting me now, I think, actually, because wow. it, it all happened in a bit of a vacuum uh, the yeah. first time around. It's only now by doing, you know, a lot more press and being able to do a premiere with people in the room and actually be able to meet Physical fans occasionally.
0: response of it, yeah. Yeah,
1: you feel the heat of it.
0: But um,
1: it's so difficult as well, though, because I think my if I'm really honest, I... I try as much as possible not. to, You know, I'm, I'm also confusing it maybe with the fact that I'm. I try not to let it hit me. I think I. I like to try and think of it as like I've once when I do the the the, the filming, I contribute what I can contribute, and then the sort of lo- the big um, uh, love story that happens between the show and the audience. Yeah. It's sort of none of my business. It's like I've 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 contributed to it, and then I I need to sort of retreat. It's sort of like it's got nothing to do with me anymore. Do you know what I mean? And I totally. I, I I try and sort of hold on to that because I think it makes it easier to sort of um, keep focused. I think, yeah. um, but it's difficult. You know, it's 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 quite capsizing. I remember sitting at this table and and hearing you know that I don't know what it was eighty two million people had viewed it or whatever. And yeah, you sort of think it's it's dizzy, you know it's dizzying dizzying numbers and and in a straight you know also incredibly um satisfying because you know of course as an actor you want to and i say this often but you you want to live in people's imaginations that's yeah. that's the deal right and 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 so to feel like that, that might be happening on this sort of global scale is you know, I mean, the fact that more people will have seen that than will have seen anything I've ever done by like you know millions. Yeah, and so it's it's a really um de- it's quite destabilizing, I think. And mm-hmm. and and I because I I I because acting is so precious to me, and keeping focused on the acting is so precious to me, and keeping focused on how to get better at it and how to learn from it and how to understand myself through it, you know, going through life. I I. I, I try and think of that exchange that's going on between the audience and the show as almost it's now it's got nothing to do with me. It's like a, it's like the, the the analogy I have in my head is it's like I've contributed like this drop of soap and then the company has like blown this big like soap bubble and then I, it's, now no, it's now nothing to do with me. Like the soap bubble is sort of like it's detached itself and now it's just there and it's reflecting out and people are sort of like enjoying it, and it's got nothing yeah. to do with me anymore. Do you see what I mean?
0: I totally. Um, do. Yeah. You know. That's. I'm. I'm. Uh. Unfortunately, getting the. I got a wrap. Uh. Note. So. You know. Uh, let's kind of uh, try to tie it back together. But please, Luke, come back, man, because I'd love talking I'd love with to. you. You know, and I feel like we could go so much further, and I would love to do that. Um. But then going back for season two, right? Yes. Then having this thing being a huge thing, then was that tough for you as an actor being like, well, this season one was the biggest thing in the world. Like one of the the guys that was, you know, a principal is not going to be in it. Then was that tough, not just on you, but on the whole cast of like wanting to, I guess, maintain expectations.
1: I, um, t- t- for me, no, the opposite. I was I was so much more relaxed going into season two because I think season one, we didn't really know the deal. We didn't really know how it was going to go and how it was all going to come together. So that was more sort of nerve-wracking because so you sort of think, oh, it could all go wrong. You know, yeah. I mean, you know. But actually, it's like it's like there's such a positive, it's like, you, it, um, it's like being in a, in, in a theatre, actually. And like, you know, you, when you feel like people are willing, you know, there's like a suspension of disbelief in the air, like people are willing it to work and people like it it's such a lovely thing to lean against. So because I know that there are people out there who love the show, lots yeah. of people, I actually came into season two thinking, well, what a lovely thing to sit back on, you know, to, not to sit back on as in get um, uh, complacent, but to sort of lean on as like, well, now there is this world called Bridgerton that people enjoy. And now we just need to, we just need to inhabit you know, to inhabit it and play around in it. We don't have to yeah. prove anything more. And, and also I think there's something inherently about the structure of the show that allows for that as well, because... It bears, uh, I, th- I think, season two bears no comparison to season one because, yes, it is absolutely Bridgerton world and it does everything that Bridgerton does and more, but it's a different love story. There are different actors who have come to the fore and different characters, obviously, yeah. that have come to the fore. And so, uh, you know, it would be absurd to try and recreate the story of season one. And, and for, yeah. you know, the the, the the beauty of it is that every season, hopefully, it will regenerate itself because it doesn't... I mean, I think uh, with a lot of series, the, the problem can be how do you, if you're keeping the same characters in the front line, how do you sustain them through, I don't know, eight seasons? But How do you keep the plot right. lines going? And sometimes you feel like you're sort of gratuitously... You know, Elongating. Picking straws ...to try yeah. and... Yeah, exactly. And actually, with Bridgerton, it's, the structure is sort of brilliant because it, it it fights against that because there'll just be a whole new Focus feel every season. Time. Yeah. yeah. So, and, so actually I don't feel, I, I really don't feel that. And I, I, I think, you know, the, the first season I loved, and I thought it was, yeah. it, it's its own thing and it had its own magic, but I think, you yeah, know, season two is, is different. It's just, a, yeah. it's just got a different feel to it.
0: And you're great in this and, and Benedict goes through an awesome journey. And I know you're going to have a season two of season, like for Benedict soon, but, um, you know, I guess to, to conclude, you know, two final questions is, you know, one, You know, now that you have this incredible opportunity that people love you, what do you want to do? And, you know, obviously I know you have commitments, but like you mentioned theater and and then final question outside of that is like for everyone listening that didn't get into drama school that, you know, the pandemic ruined auditioning for them and didn't get the agent. What advice? Sorry. I know those are two really Mm. big questions. But I just no, no. You've been amazing. I, I, I gotta, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: um, what I'd like to do, um, well, I'd love to work in French one day. I think I'd love to get the experience to because I think I have quite on film
0: a, or stage
1: or both. Either, I mean, yeah. like, either. Yeah. I, I think I think screen is particularly tempting because yeah. I think French cinema is so brilliant and so distinctive. Uh, but I think um, the experience of of acting in French and and being able to. Because I have quite a strange relate Speaking in French now is a bit like putting on a mask because yeah. it's sort of like something I'm familiar with, but also it, there's a, there is a barrier. Um, but that's also really fun to explore because I think you can feel probably, I can probably feel more free because I don't have, I don't feel like I reveal that much about myself when I speak French because I haven't spoken French for a long time. So it's sort of quite, it's, it's not as, I feel when I speak English, I'm revealing quite a lot about myself, I guess now, yeah. because I'm very familiar with it. Um, so yeah, I'd love to do something in French um I'd love to do a musical I'm quite musical and I'd wow. love to, so many that's awesome yeah um and then obviously as you say yes i I um I would love to do more uh, more more theater and not necessarily those older plays but i am obsessed with those older plays and those big come parts, to new york let's do
0: a play together man let's you know I'd love to. <laughs> let's do true that. west <laughs> no i won't yeah <laughs> no, no
1: no but it is it's a, and, and and i think you know i've i've done i've, I've done quite a lot of theater but i I'd, I'd love to know what it feels like to i don't know to lead a company or to actually yeah. sort of like go through one of those big parts i think i think i'm i like to think that I, I want to find out actually if I'm capable of doing it. <laughs> you are. I have no doubt about that. And
0: then, and then I, I guess in terms of the advice thing, I mean. Sorry, I know it's such a heavy want, question, but you know. No, really no, no, is, no.
1: Yeah. I, think, I think the main thing I would say is that I would say don't listen to too much advice. I, 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 I just I think, I, I, I think that, um, wanting advice is a reaction to the fact that you're not certain about something or you feel precarious about something and you want to make sure that you're doing the right thing. And, and I just feel like, um, um, part of being an actor and being creative in any sort of sense, I think is you're always get, like, you're always going to be a, a bit restless and not really know, like you're aware of this sort of knot inside you that doesn't quite make sense and you can't quite work out. And maybe the answer is not about solving it. It's just about constantly sort of um, dealing with it and living with it and learning to find it sort of interesting, like learning to find what you can do interesting rather than worrying about what, whether you're doing it right or if you're doing, yeah, if you're doing the right thing. So I, I, I guess I'm saying that as something that I wish I'd have said to myself, which sort of links into what we were talking about, um, you know, uh, with, through drama school and everything. It, it, it's just a sense of, don't listen to too much advice Like you you, you have, if not the answer, you're like, you're, you're the thing. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. it's not, no one else knows, no one else knows really. And yeah. And I, and I, and I like that sense of, you know, um, you know, that you're, you're sort of, if you're restless and you're like, Oh, I'm uncertain. Then you're pro- probably doing something right. Because I think that's what being creative means. There's a lovely, um, letter, I can't remember the full quote, but there's a lovely letter from Martha Graham to someone. I think it's Agnes B. DeMille. And um, I, ca- I can't do the whole quote because it's very, very long. But one of the things she talks about is, is the idea of blessed unrest. She, says, she talks about creative people having this sense of like blessed unrest, that it's, it's tough and it's uncertain, but it, we're so lucky to feel that. And it's, yeah. that we're so lucky to be engaged with that sort of sense of, oh, what, what do we do? <laughs> what can we do? You know, and I yeah. think, yeah, I think that's a that's something to treasure rather than something to try and solve and try and get right.
0: Yeah, Luke Thompson, man, this was incredible. I am so beyond grateful. You were, I could do so many more hours of this, and I would love to have you back. And yeah, invite me back. I'd, I'd, I'd let, love to come let, back. Let, let's put a pin in it and just say to be continued. I'm so fucking proud of you, man. Bridgerton season two is great. You're doing amazing work. You're. You're such an intelligent and incredible guy, and we got to work together someday. And I'm just, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm stealing from you, man. And and um, congratulations on this. And the world is, I'll, I'll, this is Monday. So everyone saw it this weekend. So, <laughs> <laughs> so dude, thank you. And uh, I'll see you on the cover of GQ soon.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll let you know, I'll let
0: you know. All right, Luke Thompson. So <laughs> Thanks much so much Ryan.